Thank you. How are we doing tonight? Are you doing good? Are you glad to be in church tonight? Who, was, who, who has all been at conference the last few days? Did you get something good from God? Has God done something incredible in your life? Well, man, I, I know he has, and I know it's, it's more than just a moment that when we just kind of sit and savor all that God and his spirit is doing in a moment and over the last couple of days, I believe that you're going to outwork all the things that he's been speaking to you and doing in you even in the months to come. Do you believe that? Can we go ahead and honor your pastors, Andy and Lisa? We love them. This is actually my first time. Kyle and Andy have got to spend, as the guys always do, conferences and all the things. But it's just been such a joy to get to know both of you and your authenticity. I've fallen in love with your family. Your girls are just darling. And it's a real privilege to be here. And we love you. And we are cheering you on. And I feel that the spirit that is in this house, it's one thing to be here and enjoy it, but it's another thing to be from the outside coming in. And I know last night really stirred my heart in worship of what God is going to do. And that there is an awakening happening. And it is an awakening that is bigger than all of us, right? That we get to be a part of something bigger than all of us. Is anybody grateful that you get to be a part of what God is doing all over the earth? And so I'm excited to watch the journey of this church and, and see all the amazing things that God has already prepared and already planned. And um, Kyle and I are just pumped. And my incredible husband preached this morning. And my best friend, um, an incredible leader in my life, and I love him so much. And um, anyway, love you, baby. So I think we have a picture of my cute family somewhere. There we are. We call ourselves the Turner Wolf Pack. We are a little bit weird. So you're in good company. You can all exhale and breathe tonight. <laughs> but it's Kyle and Blair and Graham, and we're expecting our third little baby, and we're super excited about that. And we have totally given up on perfect family photos thanks to Graham. He will never cooperate. But perfect is boring, right? Like, if you just are perfect, it's boring. And so I love being a mom. I love being a pastor. We pastor in Kansas City, um, Hillsong Church, Kansas City. And it's, we actually started it nine years ago. And it has been a privilege and an honor. We started it literally in our apartment. And we had two girls show up the first time. And we were like, revival is breaking out in Kansas City. We have gone from two to four. God is on the move. And, but he has done some remarkable things. We have two campuses. We're seeing a truly a young adult movement in the heart of America, about to open our third campus. And it's just a privilege to sit back and see new leaders emerge and to see what, what really, honestly, I know our hearts are. And I pray that your heart tonight would be this is, you know, I'm kind of over myself. Anybody else? I'm just kind of over myself. I think the older you get, you're just kind of like, I'm not that impressive. God, I want what only you can do. Like, I don't want just what my hard work can produce. I don't want what my gifting can produce. 
God, I want what only you can produce. And so that is what we're working towards. That is our heart. That is our soul. That is our prayer. That is our cry. And I believe that that's the same here tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump into the word of God. Is there anybody that loves their Bible? Is there anybody loves the promises of God? Man, it's a sure thing to build your life. Yeah, it's a good, a good place to clap. There's nothing like the word of God. You know, worship doesn't, doesn't replace the word. You know that? The word of God is the anchor. The word of God is what grounds us. The word of God is what transforms us into everything that God has called us to be. And so our text for tonight, if you have your Bibles, if you would go ahead and turn with me, it's going to be in Isaiah. Isaiah 62, 2 through 4. It says this. You'll get a brand new name straight from the mouth of God. You'll be a stunning crown in the palm of God's hand. A jeweled gold cup held high in the hand of your God. No more will anyone call you rejected and your country will no more be called ruined. But you will be called Hesaba, my delight in your lamb, Belua, married because God delights in you and your land will be like a wedding celebration. The title for my message tonight, if you're taking notes and you should, is called, What's Your Name? What's Your Name? And with that, can we go to God in prayer? Father, we just come before you right now and I just sense the spirit of God here meeting with us tonight. And Father, I ask that you would speak in a way that only you could speak. God, I ask that you would take my words and you would anoint them and you would appoint them for every life, for every story, for every situation, and every future destination that you've designed and planned that is represented in this room. And everyone that would even listen, Father, online. I pray radical life change. I pray where people have been stuck in a place of their heart, their life, and their story. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would release freedom in this place and that you would do, God, what only you could do. So, Father, right now we open up our hearts, we open up our minds, we open up all that you are, and we ask that you would do something brand new in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Can I get a big amen? Amen. Well, I love nights like this. So many beautiful people gathering together in church. We're, we're all in the same place. We're worshiping God. We, we turn around and we're getting to know so many new people. Maybe this is your very first time tonight or you've just been coming a couple of times. And so you're really building community right now. And you turn around or you meet somebody grabbing a coffee and you say, hey, what's your name? See, more important than what they do or where they're from, it's actually who they are. What's your name is one of the most fundamental and actually one of the most very basic questions that we could ever ask. But it's also one of the most important questions. Because relationship really begins to flow in our lives with somebody when we actually know their name. 
You know, I was this determined, headstrong kid. Is there anybody else out there? My poor parents. But I was this determined, headstrong kid, and my name given to me at birth was Mary Elizabeth Bishop. And in third grade, I just woke up one day and and decided that Mary should not be my name anymore. So I went to my parents and I said, hey, mom and dad, I don't think that Mary is supposed to be my name. And they said, well, Mary is your name. (laughs) And I went back to them and I said, but but really, I do not think that that is my name. I do not think my name should be Mary. And they said, well, that is the name that we chose for you. And then I said, well, why can't I go by my middle name, Elizabeth? You chose that too. I got him. So finally, my parents, I convinced them to let me start going by my middle name, Elizabeth. But they wouldn't let me go by my name, Elizabeth, at all times. They would just oblige me when we were at home. But in fourth grade, my family moved to a a different place and I was changing schools. So they finally let me start going by Elizabeth full time. So at school, people were calling me Elizabeth. And then long story short, my father passed away way when I was in sixth grade. And anyway, my mom had gotten remarried. And so my stepdad was finally adopting me in high school. So finally, officially, I got a complete name change. And my name went from Mary Elizabeth Bishop to Elizabeth Ann Taylor. Yes, my name was Elizabeth Taylor. Maybe that's what hooked Kyle, but I've only, I have not been married seven times. I've got good news for you. I've only been married once, but I was so persistent as a kid. My parents were like, who is this girl who wakes up in third grade and is like, that's not my name. I want another name. And, and I was so excited that I finally got this name change. Do you know for every single one of us, in the process of walking out our dreams. I pray that even over the last few days that the spirit of God has been awakening some new God dreams on the inside of you. I pray that he's been awakening some new ideas, some new concepts, some new strategies, some new hope for your future. But in the process of not just getting the inspiration from God, but in the process of actually walking out those dreams and discovering the next level of our calling, grabbing hold of God's purpose for our life, we have to get persistent with what we feel confident that God has divinely placed in our heart. We have to be like third grade Liz that say, hey, that's not supposed to be my name. I feel that there's a name change supposed to happen in my life. You have to get persistent. You have to know and have some clarity. And you can't just settle for a handout. But you have to begin to go after what God has put in your heart. Matthew 7, 6 through 12 says this. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Someone needs to hear that tonight. You need to keep on asking. Keep on seeking and you will find. 
keep on knocking and the door, guess what? It's about to get open for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks the door, it will be opened. Your parents, if, if you parents, if a child asks for a loaf of bread, did you give them a stone instead? Or if they asked for a fish, would you give them a snake? Of course you want it. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to, act, to those who ask? And I just want to tell you, some of you, you need to begin to ask God for some clarity for what he has for your life. You need to get back up and you need to keep on asking. Because just because you've not seen everything that you desire in your life, it does not mean that God's not going to do it. Because God has a divine time and a divine strategy for every one of us and what our place in God's grand big story is. And I want to tell you, you need to keep going after what God has put in your heart. You have to get persistent. What's your name? You know, in the remainder of my time, we're going to talk about a story in the Bible of a man that received a name change. His name was Jacob. And Jacob, he actually had a lot of history attached to his name. He had a little backstory to his life, a little backstory to what happened, to what shaped him, to what formed him, to what developed him as a man. And Jacob actually had a twin brother, Esau. And Jacob deceived his way into receiving the family birthright. And after he did this, his father, Isaac, sent him away to go find a wife. He found himself with his uncle Laban. He was working with his uncle Laban. And all of a sudden, he saw Laban's daughter, Rachel. He's like, hey, that's my girl. So he went to Laban and said, hey, I want to marry your daughter. And Laban said, okay, but you're going to need to work seven years. So he went, Jacob went ahead and did that. He worked seven years, but Laban ended up deceiving him and he ended up giving him his other daughter, Leah. See, he was in a new land. He was building a new life, but it was still the same old lies that Jacob was encountering. So he had to get back to work and he had to work another seven years to finally get the girl he, he wanted. And so he did that. He finally married Rachel. And when he was working under his uncle Laban, he prospered so much. He prospered so much that Laban and his sons began to grow very jealous of Jacob. So God showed up to Jacob one day and he said, hey, Jacob, I want you to go all the way back. I want you to get your wives. I want you to get your children. I want you to get your livestock. And I want you to go back to the land of your father. Well, Jacob had just enough fear of God that he did exactly what God told him to do. He went ahead and grabbed all of his, his kids, his belongings. He had gained a lot of wealth at this time. And they went on and they began to go on the journey to go back to the land of his father. But remember his twin brother Esau. He still had a twin brother Esau that he had not seen for many years. And 
did not leave the land of his father, Esau had inhabited the land of his father. So he, he obeyed God, but then all of a sudden he realized, oh my goodness, if I go back and obey God, I'm going to have to go face to face with my brother that I deceived. I'm going to have to go face to face with the old me. I'm going to have to go face to face with the sin. And I don't know what my brother's going to do. So they started on this journey, and as they were going back, he decided, hey, maybe Esau, he might want to kill me, but maybe he'll spare the life of my kids, and he'll spare the life of my children. So he went ahead, like what a strong, courageous man he was, and he went ahead and sent the women and the children ahead of him with a lot of gifts. He's a smart man. And so this is actually where we find ourselves in the story. He had sent some gifts ahead just so he could make peace with his brother Esau. And we're going to pick up in Genesis 32, 24 through 28. It said, but Jacob stayed behind by himself. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not get the best of Jacob as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. And the man said, let me go, it's daybreak. And Jacob said, I am not letting you go until you bless me. And then the man said to him, hey, what's your name? And he answered, Jacob. And the man said, but no longer, your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, it is Israel, God wrestler. For you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed. His step of obedience to follow the voice of God, to go back to the land of his fathers. He was in the crisis in his soul of God, what is really gonna happen? happened to me. See, his parents had named him Jacob. His yesterday had named him Jacob, but his father named him Israel. And I want to speak to a few people here, right here tonight, that maybe life has tried to label you. Maybe life or yourself or your sin or your past or your circumstances have tried to limit you. Maybe you were born into limitations. Maybe you lack the relationships. Maybe people of your past or your family are holding you to your past. But because of Jesus, you're about to have a name change. Because an encounter with Jesus, God's about to shift something in your life. God's about to shift something in your life. God is about to take some limitations off so that there are going to be some new possibilities that he's going to prepare for you so that you can begin to uncover and unearth and walk in deliberately and intentionally the purpose that God has for your life. As basic as this is, I love what you said earlier, that the gospel is simple because it is. It's not about fancy people doing fancy things for Jesus. It's about ordinary people that actually dare to hear the voice of God and dare to hear the whisper of God and step out when they don't feel adequate or enough and they begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the power 
of God and in the strength that we have on the inside because of the greater one that lives on the inside of us. Is there anybody here tonight that believes that? See, it's okay to wrestle with God. Write that down. It's okay to wrestle with God. You want to know at our house right now, our kids, Blair and Graham, they love to wrestle with their dad. I mean, every single night. They'll wrestle for 45 minutes. Our son, Graham, has named himself. He's obsessed with John Cena. And we don't even know how he knows who he is. And his wrestling name at night, do you want to know what it is? It's awesome. Midgey Mo. He has named himself Midgey Mo. And him and his dad, they go to wrestle every night and they stand on the top of our daughter's bed and they, he jumps on, on Kyle and Kyle flips him and then they do it again. And all of a sudden, it's like one of my favorite things as a wife and a mom because all of a sudden my house is just filled with giggles and squeals and our kids are absolutely loving life. They look forward to it. Like if Kyle's been traveling and they haven't got to wrestle with dad. It's like when he comes home, the first thing they say is, dad, where's my gift? Where's my toy? And then, hey, dad, you want to wrestle? And you know, Kyle, obviously, he has so much more strength than Blair and Graham. He could actually hurt them, but he knows how to hold back his strength to where wrestling is actually this fun, exciting, exhilarating, joyful thing that they actually want to come back to because they're close with their dad. You know that doctors are saying that wrestling with your kids actually increases emotional, social, and overall intelligence. They're actually saying today that it instills confidence in your kids. It creates resilience and it actually creates a joyful soul. And you know what, I believe that it is the same with our relationship with our heavenly father. Sometimes we come into church and we sit in these pews and we worship God with passion. But when we go home in our everyday, on our Monday and our Tuesday and our Wednesday and our Thursday, life gets really busy, doesn't it? We have a lot going on. And we really do not think that we have a God that is a hands-on God, that is a face-to-face Father, that actually wants to say, hey, I'm not afraid of the wrestle that you might have with me, that it's okay to wrestle with God. He's not afraid of your wrestle. And there's somebody here tonight that you feel like you've been in a wrestle in your soul. You feel like that you have been in a battle. Faith might be new to you. And you're like, what does this mean? God, what is, I I like that message, but how do I apply that to my life? God, what is my God purpose? How do I really let go of my past and step into the mighty things that you have for my life? If that's you tonight, I want to encourage you. Don't back away from God. Maybe you need to get your own wrestling name with God. And you need to begin to engage in the wrestle with God. See, write this down. It's in the wrestle you get marked. 
by God. Just like Jacob, the pain that maybe you've experienced in life, what you thought was dislocating you, just like Jacob, his hip got dislocated, but actually it became a mark of him that his yesterday was forever settled and that he was not gonna go and be sent away anymore, but God was calling him back to the land of his father and that place you can only imagine as he had a little bit of that limp in his hip, he could only remember that, that encounter with God that forever changed his name from Jacob to Israel that he knew his father God was real, that he knew his past was forever gone, that he knew God had a brighter future for him than he ever even dreamed. See, what you think is gonna disqualify you, what you think is dislocating you, has actually been positioning you to get beyond yourself. To get beyond yourself so that you can let go of the shame of what has been, so you can grab hold of the grace of what will be. May this forever be branded on your heart. May you forever be ruined for normal. May you forever be ruined for ordinary. May you forever be ruined by just the love of money or the love of status or the love of things. Because when you encounter the mighty living God and when you begin to uncover your deep down purpose, when you begin to realize the extravagance of the riches and the treasure and the peace and the joy and the stability that comes from the presence of the almighty God, you begin to say, I only, I only can settle for what no eye has seen. For faith is the substance of the things that we hope for. And it is the evidence of the things that we cannot see. It is the things that draw us forward into the forever unfolding plan of God. Just like the apostles and the great men and women of the Bible, it is the same for you and for me. I wanna declare over you tonight. Young people, I wanna declare over you. I wanna declare that your struggle is gonna turn into strength. That God has been using your pain to push you into position. And so let me tell you tonight, don't quit now. Don't running, don't stop. Don't let your pain define you. Don't let your history define you. Let the presence of God push you forward. Just like Jacob allowed. See your disappointments when trusted over, when engaged in the wrestle, with the loving heavenly father, your disappointments, and I know this very personally, they begin to be turned into holy ground, divine appointments. From disappointment, as I wrestle with God in his miraculous, amazing, supernatural, grounded, eternal ways, begin to be turned into a divine appointment. Genesis 5.20 says this, 
You intended to harm me, but God, he intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. There's somebody here tonight that your pain has turned into immense pressure and you just need to engage in the wrestle. You thought that it would forever define you and God has a purpose and a plan for your life. I feel like this is for a girl here and there's more purpose attached to your life than anything on the outside would ever, ever be able to explain. And as you press back into the presence of God, he's going to begin to speak with clarity, with distinguished words, with things that will make sense for you. They might not make sense to me, but they will make sense to you. And they're going to begin to rearrange and change the internal world that you have so that God can be able to release the external world that he's been designing for you. And it is for the saving of many people's lives. It's for a move of God. It's for change. It's for generational change. It's for family. It's, it's for things and generational curses to forever be broken off of your life. That insecurity and brokenness, they're not going to define you anymore. See, it's in the wrestle you get marked by God. We also learn this from the life of Jacob. Write this down. That it is in the wrestle you learn how to grab hold of the blessing of God. See, you have to engage in the wrestle so you can grab hold of the blessing. Anybody that has walked with God for an extended period of time, when you're young and you're naive, you just think all the blessing is just gonna fall down on your lap. But the more you learn to walk with God and the more God matures you to be a leader and to someone that can actually lead others, you realize I can't just expect the blessing of God to fall on my lap. God actually begins to teach you by faith to reach forward to the things that you cannot see and to grab hold of the blessing of God. And it is in the wrestle you learn how to grab hold of the blessing. I love what Jacob said. In that moment, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I don't know about you, but that stirs my faith. I think every single one of us, that we should maybe put that into our own language and our own wrestle with God. That we need to say at night, God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. God, I'm not letting go until that place on the inside of me begins to change. God, I'm not letting you go until fear begins to release from my life. God, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I think Jacob had lived enough life that he knew, he knew himself, he knew his sins, he knew that his name meant usurper and deceiver, that's what his name meant. And he knew that if he did not have the blessing of God to go back and to possess the land of his fathers and to bring his, his family and his children, he knew if he didn't have the blessing of God on his life, that he would never be enough. That his own strength, that his own giftings, that his own wealth, it wasn't enough to sustain him. He knew he needed the blessing of God. And may we always be the people 
that always curate a posture of our heart that knows how deeply we need the blessing of God on our lives. And when we begin to walk in the blessing of God, and when your purpose begins to take shape, when your marriage begins to find purpose, when God begins to bless the dream in your heart, when new parts of your life and your calling begin to unfold, when God begins to open new doors for you, it wouldn't be more of me and less of God. No, it would be less of me and more of God. That we would not be people that even when the blessing of God comes upon our life, that we would forget who blessed us in the first place. I believe that I'm talking to a church and a group of people, a generational church that's gonna continue on with the legacy of faith that's gonna make a mark generationally that will always stand humbly in awe of God. Write this down, the last thing that we learn from the like of Jacob that it is in the wrestle we get a new name. It is in the wrestle with God. See, if Jacob never obeyed God, if God whispered to his heart and to his life and said, hey, I want you to leave your uncle Laban. I want you to take everything that you have and I want you to go back to the land of your father. If he never heard that whisper and chose to obey that whisper, he never would have gotten to the wrestle where God began to change the lineage of his life and he moved from Jacob to Israel. And it is the same for us in this prophetic story of the gospel, of this prophetic story of this man named Jesus that forever changed our life and forever rewrote history for every single one of us, the promise of a new history and the promise of a new name and the promise of new possibility. It is the same for every one of us. In marriage, it's easy to be married and have a ring on your finger and not have intimacy or vulnerability in your relationship. It's easy to have friends in your life, but not really break down the walls that, that kind of hide us from people. And we, we have masquerades and we can, we're only comfortable so far and what's really going on inside of us. But when we begin to realize that God is not wanting professional Christians, Church isn't a place for perfect people that have it all together and can say the right answer at the right time. No, it's raw, honest, vulnerable people that say, God, here I am. I'm gonna wrestle with you. I'm gonna do what you've called me to do. I'm gonna obey. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to face anything that you're asking me to face. That as I wrestle with you, from my heart, I will say, God, I won't let you go until you bless me. Because in that wrestle, someone here tonight needs to know that God is writing you a new name. And then he answered, Jacob. And the man said, but no longer. I wonder what the but no longer is in your life. 
I wonder what the but no longer this or the but no longer that or the but no longer are you going to walk this way because God has something new, a new trajectory, a new path, a new sense of life, a new grace, a new peace, a new season, a new story. But no longer, your name is no longer Jacob our Redeemer, our God that is the Redeemer of every part of our life, the God that is the Redeemer to every broken place, the God that looks in every dark shadow of our yesterday and he comes into our lives and he says, I'm not afraid of you, come a little bit closer. And I'm gonna take that place and that name but no longer, Jacob, for now on, it's Israel. God wrestler, for you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed. Someone has fail written all over them. Failures defined you. Failure has limited you. Dead in roads after dead in roads. Running in circles around the same old mountains over and over and over. Living in the desert when God has called you on into the promised land. And he wants to speak over you tonight. No longer failure. I'm now bringing a prevailing spirit upon your life, a prevailing spirit on your future, a prevailing spirit on your calling, a prevailing spirit deep on the inside of you that you no longer have to hop from relationship to relationship to find you're enough because the love of man will never satisfy the human soul. It is only the love of a father. It's only that eternal love that fills us in and instills us with the confidence to be everything that God has called us to be. And just like that man asked Jacob, what's your name? I believe right here and right now, God is looking all of us in the eye. You're not a face in a crowd. You are a son and a daughter that he loves so much, that has purpose attached, calling attached, unique giftings, unique callings attached. And just like that man looked at Jacob, God is looking at you tonight. And he's saying, what's your name? He is extending to you in the middle of your lack, in the middle of your brokenness, in the middle of your sinfulness, he's extending to you the most gracious divine invitation for a name exchange. 
see a new name is a new identity, new possibility, a new posture, new opportunity. It's new graces, a new name. It's his lordship lifting off every limit off of our life, off of your city. Off of what God can really do. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this. He has planted eternity in the human heart. And maybe just like me when I was in third grade, I woke up one day, I don't know why it was that day, and I just thought, hey, I don't think Mary is supposed to be my name. I feel like there's a new name, and maybe that's how you're feeling tonight because eternity is in your heart. And maybe there have been some old names, some old labels that life has tried to give you, has tried to label you, has tried to box you in. But those names, they're not fitting for your future. And tonight is an altar to let them go. I don't know what it is, but every one of us, the more I walk with Jesus, the more layers he peels off my life. Anybody else? The more I walk with Jesus, the more I'm aware of my own imperfections. And the more I fall in love with him and rely on his grace and discover who I really am in him. Maybe the label for you, rejected or inferior. Maybe you're just passive with life and you're passive with relationships. Because if you don't please everybody and everyone's not okay with you, then you never have the courage to be strong and courageous and to step out and step into everything that God has called you to be. Maybe it's fearful. Maybe it's intimidated. Maybe it's jealous. Maybe it's controlling. Maybe it's just plain old stuck. Maybe it's hopeless. Maybe for you, it's just not enough. Every one of us, we have something we need to lay down so we can have a not any longer moment with God. And we can begin to not only receive the new name he's been writing for us. But then we can receive the empowerment of heaven, the grace of the almighty God to walk it out with strength. So you don't have to live from performance stuck in your story, but you can choose tonight to let go of the old name, to engage in the divine exchange and live from a confident postured place of son and daughter. Isaiah 62, two through four, you will get a brand new name straight from the mouth of God. You are gonna be a stunning crown in the palm of God's hand, chosen, called, used, ordained, blessed, significant. 
a jeweled gold cup held high in the hand of your God. No more will anyone call you rejected in your country. No longer will it be ruined. See, it's in the wrestle you get marked by God. It's in the wrestle you learn to grab hold of the blessing of God. And it is in the wrestle that God is writing you a new name. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place, just to give God a little space. Maybe your yesterday has made you intimidated to get vulnerable with God. Maybe there's some parts of your yesterday or maybe it's even going on in your life right now and you come tonight and you come to GT Church and you love this service and you feel like you get a little moment where pressure gets lifted, but you've really not opened up your heart and your life to get vulnerable with God for him to change you. And he's saying, hey, come a little closer. Yeah, you, come a little closer. I will never use my strength to harm you. I will never use my mighty power to hurt you. The wrestle that you feel, it will only bring forth your destiny. But that's you tonight all over this room. And you feel that there has been a label or a limit on your life. And tonight you say, oh, it's not going to be any longer. I'm going to get persistent that God is writing me a new name, that he has more for my life. And tonight I want to lay it down just at your seat. You're not, I'm not going to call you for it, but I want to pray for you tonight. There has been something, some of you, you've carried it for a lot of years. Some of you have walked around with it. It has become your name, your identity, your story. And tonight you're saying, I'm letting it go. Would you just lift your hands all over this building? Just lift them to Jesus, not to me. I'm not your healer. God is your healer. He knows you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus for every heart their hands are reached out to you saying, I won't let you go until you bless me. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come. I ask that you would come in a mighty way. And Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that every limit, that every label, that every limitation that has tried to hold them back in their mind, in their heart, in their soul, in their identity, I cancel every assignment of the enemy right now and I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. I pray they would hear the whisper of God that they would hear the affirmation of their father. And I declare right now tonight in the mighty name of Jesus that destinies are being released in Jesus' name. Where people have walked as slaves, I declare in this house, sons and daughters emerge, sons and daughters rise up, sons and daughters anointed, called, chosen, forgiven and released in Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. And I just wanna pray for one more group of people with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just for a place of sanctuary. Church is a safe place, but we get to come as we are. It's beautiful. And maybe tonight you came in here, maybe you kind of been kicking the tires of church, wondering, is this, is this real? Is this for me? Really? And you've never really surrendered your heart and your life over to not just, oh, Jesus, a person, a historical figure. No, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And I want to tell you this, the human soul longs for belonging. It longs for acceptance. It longs for love. But until we surrender to the Lordship and to the love, the acceptance and the belonging that we find from our Creator God, our souls can never even fully assimilate the love of, that we get from people. Tonight's your night to give your life over to the greatest love that you'll ever know, to the safest place that you'll ever find, the love of a father that is strong and secure. He doesn't love you just on your best day. He loves you on your worst day and every day in between. And if that's you, I'm not gonna call you forward, but I just wanna know who I'm praying for. You've carried your own shame for way too long. And tonight's your night to let it go. You can't carry sin anymore. It will kill you. That's what the cross did. That's what Jesus did. And he doesn't just carry. He didn't just take our sin and our shame. He actually resurrected back to give us new life and victory in Christ. And if that's you tonight and you need to give your life over to Jesus, and that's you, it's your night of surrender, would you just lift your hand just so I can see it? with nobody looking around. Just lift your hand, I see your hand. Beautiful, I see your hand. Anybody else, just take a moment. I see your hand back there and your hand and your hand and your hand. Hands all back there, I see your hand. And over there, hands all over this room. Come on, just lift your hand. Tonight's your night to surrender to the greatest love. Saying, I'm no longer gonna be the Lord of my life. I'm giving my life over to the greatest love. I'm gonna let go and be free from sin and shame. Just lift your hand. You can do it next week, but you might as well do it now. Hands all over this place, it's beautiful. It moves me. It's what church is all about. Well, we believe here at this church that faith is a journey that we get to do together, that we don't have to do it isolated, we don't have to do it alone, that we sure don't have to be perfect for it. Thank the Lord for that. So would you repeat this prayer, everybody all together after me? Would you say, dear Heavenly Father, I surrender my life. I surrender my heart over to you. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I ask you to reveal to me the new name that you have been writing for me. I say yes to your love to your Lordship and to your plan. I give you my life. In Jesus' name we pray.
Come on, can I get a big amen? Can we celebrate everybody that prayed that prayer for the very first time?